Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Bargain Bin Review. I'm your host, Caleb Langham. Today, we will be reviewing the 1989 Batman movie, which some people claim to be a great success, and to that end, I agree with them. But, is it the perfect movie that others claim? Let's find out. So to start this review, we're going to begin by talking about the characters of this movie, and who better to kick off this episode with than the Joker himself, Jack Nicholson. Now, he starts out as a mobster, Jack Napier. And we can see immediately that he has aspirations to be the head of the mob in Gotham City. And yet, he decides to sabotage himself by sleeping around with his boss Grissom's mistress. The main takeaway from that fact is, is that his boss definitely knows he fucked her. So in turn, he has to die. And he does, as he falls into a vat of what looks more like ecto-cooler than dangerous acid combined with Batman's incredibly weak upper arms. From, the, from then on, in the movie, we see him as the Joker, and it is here that Jack Nicholson really turns his performance up to an 11. Every scene is in, the atmosphere just seems filled with pure, unhinged insanity, as he will calmly state a plan for murder, or possibly kidnapping, just before bursting into uncontrollable fits of laughter. And yet, while the character is meant to be intimidating, occasionally you can't help but just laugh at some of the outlandish things he says. For example, after shooting Bruce Wayne in the chest, he then looks calmly at his supposedly dead body and just states, Never mess with another man's rhubarb. I mean, how are you not supposed to laugh at something that incredibly silly? Now, this is just my personal opinion, but the way I see it, Jack Nicholson portrayed the best Joker in a Batman movie. Now, sure, this point can be sure this point can be argued, but in, it's my opinion that due to his blend of dark insanity mixed in with a little comedy, he portrays the character of the Joker better than anyone else in a Batman movie. From there, we move on to Batman, played by Michael Keaton, and the first time we see him in the movie, it is of course saving the day as Batman. This is also the first time we actually hear Batman under the words, I'm Batman, in that deep, gravelly tone that we've all come to love. As far as his performance as Batman goes, it's a fairly straightforward interpretation of the Dark Knight, although there are moments when Keaton's own personality still shines through in the role. But what impresses me about his performance the most is how he portrays Bruce Wayne. Instead of playing the character as though he's completely and utterly comfortable with the massive wealth he has, we see a Bruce Wayne that acts a bit more awkward towards all of his fame and fortune. This is clearly obvious in a dinner scene with Vicki Vale. When he and Vicki are having dinner in this elegant dining room, we can clearly see that both of them are uncomfortable. But when it transitions to them having dinner with Alfred in a much more laid-back setting, we see that Bruce is more comfortable without all the wealth. So while Michael Keaton's Batman is very average in this movie, he does add a different dimension to the character that we rarely ever see. And that does elevate his character, making it a very memorable performance of Batman. From Batman, we move on to his love interest, Vicki Vale, played by Kim Basinger. When we first meet Vicky, she doesn't even know Bruce Wayne, but after just one date, she already feels an incredibly strong connection with him. A connection so strong that when she discovers he lied about having a business engagement and that he'll be out of town for a few days, she turns to stalking him all over Gotham just to discover the truth about what he's really doing. And then in the end, she does discover 
his secret. And they continue to fall for each other to the point that he reveals to her the fact that he is Batman. Now, of course, while she isn't a typical damsel in distress, she still becomes one when she's kidnapped by the Joker. Despite her capture, she is still calm under pressure and is incredibly resourceful, even at one point protecting Batman's secret identity from some of Joker's goons, even if he does call her fat afterwards. The partnership with Knox shows that she is understanding and willing to believe in someone or something even when no one else will. So while she may look the part, she is no typical run-of-the-mill love interest. From Vicki Vale, we move on to her partner in crime, Alexander Knox, played by Robert Wool. And while his character may only be around for comic relief, he is at the same time an incredibly determined individual who is always willing to do the right thing. Hell, even when no one believed him about the existence of Batman, he still continued to pursue every possible avenue of inquiry to the point of pestering Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Dent with a tape recorder shoved in their face at a party at Bruce Wayne's mansion. He refuses to believe he's wrong even when he is ridiculed by his own colleagues. While he may be portrayed through most of the movie as a fool, his character still has tremendous value to both the movie's plot and audience members alike. From here we go to a couple of characters that, while they aren't necessarily important to the movie, they are worth mentioning. First is uh, District Attorney Harvey Dent, in this movie played by Billy D. Williams. And while he doesn't play a big role in the plot of this movie, it is worth mentioning that this is the character that will eventually become Two-Face. Although somehow he also ends up becoming an older white man when he appears in the later movie of Batman Forever. Also worth mentioning is Commissioner Gordon, played by Pat Hingle. While throughout this movie he doubts the existence of Batman and Batman's good intentions throughout the movie, he will eventually come around in trusting to Batman and will be one of the only characters to be around in all four movies and also have the same actor. And now it's time to talk about the plot of the movie. In my opinion, the whole story is fairly straightforward as for the majority of the movie, it is the hero, Batman, attempting to stop the villain, the Joker. It does have plenty of comedic moments for an action movie, but at the same time it's plenty dark enough to differ itself from the campy Batman television show from the 1960s. The story is helped along by the beginning where we actually get to have some kind of Joker origin story, as we get to see the events leading up to and him becoming the Joker. The point of the Joker originally being a mobster is also used creatively as it is later revealed that it was in fact Jack Napier who killed Bruce Wayne's parents, which poses the ultimate question of who made who. Throughout the entire movie once becoming the Joker, Napier is hell-bent on making everyone in Gotham have a smile on their face just like him. He does so by creating this fictitious Smilex gas out of the Axis chemical plant where his accident occurred. The problem with this is that instead of making sure that people got sick off of this Smilex, no matter what, he went the convoluted route and made the gas only work when certain products were combined with other products, making it far less than foolproof. Then, of course, there's the love dynamic between Bruce Wayne and Vicki Vale. Despite the fact that they have a strong connection early on, it takes almost the whole movie for Bruce to actually admit to Vicki that he's, in fact, Batman. 
And then there's the movie's ending fight between Joker and Batman. It shows exactly how they are made for each other, considering they were made by each other. And it shows that they are perfect foils to each other. Joker's death itself is a testament to his stubborn will to survive and be at the top no matter what, as that is what gets him killed in the end as he refuses to let go from the helicopter flying away, even though he's being weighted down. But the ultimate touch, the perfect touch, was that even after he hit the ground and lay there dead, you could still hear some kind of laughter as the screen fades to black. So now it's come to the end of the review, and I guess it's time for me to give my honest opinion of this movie. And I'd have to say that I suppose that while this movie will never be viewed as one of the absolute greatest of all time, I'd like to point out that this movie has one of the best portrayals of Batman, only second, maybe, to Christian Bale's. And I'll say again that Jack Nicholson's Joker is, in my opinion, the best Joker in a Batman movie. And while it does still cling to some of the campy aspects of the original TV series, this movie turned Batman in a darker and more dramatic direction that would unfortunately be killed six years later, thanks to the not-so-esteemed and highly shit director Joel Schumacher and his fucking abomination of a movie, Batman Forever. So while this movie may never be considered the best, it still deserves credit for creating new versions of classic Batman characters that will be remembered for years to come, and also for not being as bad as the sequels that would follow. Well, that's all we have for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Caleb Langham, and this has been The Bargain Bin Review.